Happy New Year, Jim. And to you, Andrew. So what'd you get up to last night? Probably the same thing as usual, staying up past midnight with my children. <laughs> the same as every night. <laughs> oh, I, I see. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, my household is way more type A in the sense that what we probably did or are going to do, see, because the irony of this is we're recording this in advance. Yeah. But what I did last night, Jim, was the kids went to bed around, we probably let them stay up late. So they probably went to bed around eight. And <laughs> Stephanie and I were probably asleep by about 8.30. Did you get your kids who go to sleep at eight, did you get them all tuckered out at their CrossFit junior workout earlier that day? So that oh, yeah. they'd be, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you also make them begin their intermittent fast on, yeah, on right. the 29th. Yeah. Because we that's when you do your long fast. Yeah. That's how you raise kids right. That's the way. Kids right sleep great when they're, you know, malnourished. Exhausted and starving. <laughs> By the way, that was just, I'm just kidding. I feel like I went too far with that one. Not, it's not true. It's not true. My wife, at least, is very mm. nice. Mm. So, Jim, it just so happens that the day we usually release the podcast aligns with some of these key holidays. And mm. so we've been going a little bit off the deep end here with the last couple. You'll, you might be noticed I'm wearing the exact same uniform I was wearing during the Christmas special. Yeah. Minus the Glengarry. And this is all because we just decided to do this. However, I thought it was kind of an interesting fun fact that you joined the show almost exactly a year ago. Did you know that? It's been the best year of my life, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, that's what that, yeah, exactly. Th that might seem like something really cool and meaningful, Jim just said, but people tell me that all the time. <laughs> I mean, that's what Jack Lee said when he was on. Like, this is the best moment of my life. Yeah. Fact, when my kids ask me which one of them is my favorite, I tell them, you're all equally, you're all equally precious to me, all right under the first day that I started doing the podcast with Andrew Douglas. <laughs> I remember when we first started the podcast together about a year ago, we used to, we used to shoot for nice, short, sweet, succinct episodes. You remember that? <laughs> Believe me, often when sitting in the edit afterward, I do remember those days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you know, it all started right before Kansas City last year. And I think mm. because Kansas City work was coming up, we were discussing what a judge is looking for when they listen to a performance. You remember that? That was a uh, yes, yeah. Dojo Conversations episode eight. You know, real fans of the show will know the first seven episodes of Dojo Conversations were just conversations of my own with myself. It was kind of that. dojo monologues early on. There. Yeah. Yeah. Or self-conversations or yeah, something like that. So yeah. what a judge wants. And by the way, we had not picked up on the fact that during recording sessions, you might want to change outfits. So it at least appears like these are recorded at out. different times. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, this is how the sausage is made, people. I mean, it's a dirty business. We've been fooling you. You, you uh, can see that like around in the second session, so it's like the fifth episode we did together, I started to think, oh, wait a sec, these thumbnails are all going to look exactly the same. So I put on a hat. <laughs> yes, well done. And it looks like perhaps I put on a sweatshirt. A <laughs> yeah, yes. like a zip-up jacket thing. Clever. <clears throat> can hard reads be good for you? That was our second episode together. Mm. I'm going to lose count here. Oh, no, maybe I'm not. Well, and then let's just say episode nine, can hard reads be good for you? Do you remember what and we talked you, about there? Well, I think that we talked about like the idea that if you want to be a real bagpiper, you got to be able to blow air through, you know, two tuba fours strapped together with a cargo strap. So, 
And I got to say, Jim, you know, a year later, my thoughts on that really haven't changed. If you're yeah, you haven't changed your mind. If you're not playing a hard read, you're not a real piper. All right, let's move on to episode 10. Does it matter which grace notes you play was episode number 10. Yeah, was that the one when we played the little game where I made you close your eyes and guess or identify grace notes by sound only? It could have been. And uh, Jim, do you remember how well I did with that? Nailed it. I was genuinely impressed. I wasn't surprised that you got the G grace notes. Then you started getting the Ds and I was like, okay, that's still... You know, sure you did. But when you started getting like, I think I did an F grace note in there at one Mm, point. Thought I'd throw you with that one. You still got it. I was impressed. Yep. I mean, that's what I do, Jim. That's what I do. That might have also, I'm thinking that was also maybe the first time when in this podcast, you did the really cool party trick of playing poorly really, really well. Mm -hmm. Like just nailing how to play poorly. Yeah, it's well, it's it is fun, and and frankly, that is how Piper's party, isn't it? Like we play bad on purpose. <laughs> yeah. The next one, Dojo Conversation, episode eleven: How to clean up your embellishments. Oh, this I have is, no, we, I have no memory rhythmic of this accuracy. Is that rhythmic accuracy is the way you do it? That was not the first time that you'd ever come up with that. I'm almost sure that's where that came up there. That it's hmm. not actually a problem with your. It's, it was my f doublings. And it was, it's not actually a problem with your F doublings. It's a problem with your rhythmic accuracy. I think maybe I'm, could be. In, I might be inventing that based upon having read Finding Bagpipe Freedom two or three times since then, you know? But yeah. I think that's what came up. I mean, hopefully our, our many avid listeners will correct us if we are mis, misremembering any of this. Episode 12, are you holding your chanter wrong? What was that about? Was this the Matt, the one that Matt McIsaac got in on afterward? Where I showed you pictures of Matt McIsaac and Lincoln Hilton and tried to get you to identify whose hands were which. If I hover over it, does it give me some thumbnails? Yeah, it gives us a little bit of one. But yeah, it's giving me thing. some. It's just me going like this in the thumbnail. Uh, yeah, I guess we're just talking about keeping a nice, relaxed wrist angle and stuff like that. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I'm not that worried about it. Because you know what? You could always go back and listen to it if you really wanted to. Um, it's also the one where I got a haircut. I cut my own hair, believe it or not. And the way that I broke the news to my wife, I just started texting her pictures of Brad Pitt with a buzz cut. Oh, yeah. And just being like, there's nothing wrong with this, right? It looks pretty good, right? And she saw through it immediately, was like, oh, no, sweetie, you didn't. And I did. I did. Um. By the way, don't forget episode 13 where you still had the longer hair, ah, which is should you lick some... your reeds? Should you lick your reeds? And then you got the haircut when we were talking about burling around, which anyone who knows me will know is an ironic thing for me to be pontificating about on the internet. But there mm. you are with the buzz cut. You kind of look like you're either about to go or just got back from prison. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's in my gray polo. I'm like this close. I'm like this close to being well rested. I'm like this close to having my shiz together. I'm like this close to having a muscular body. And I'm Mm -hmm. like this close to having a nice beard with a short haircut. This was my my the peak, the closest I ever got to being Andrew Huberman. That was the closest I ever got right there. Exactly. Bagpipe labs with Mm. Jim Huberman. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this recording may be used for training purposes, was Dojo Conversations, episode 15. I know exactly what this is about. Do you remember, Jim? 
I think that this was when we were talking about why you ought to record yourself. And I think we even talked about because at that time I was still using my Zoom mic to chat with you. Very easy to point right to it and be like, get one of these. Oh, yep. And I think you also brought up this guy. I have, I have oh, the yeah. Android version of it. And oh, it was, nice. After that conversation, I picked one of these up. Actually, created a, I, I made a pact with my friend Jeremy of the Way Two Twags Bagpipe and History podcast fame, where he bought himself one of those mics and I bought myself one of those mics, but we both agreed to say that they were birthday presents from one another to the other. Yes, of course. <laughs> and. <laughs> So then when my birthday rolled around, I'd saved the box. So then when my birthday came around, I did send him a quick text and just, hey, man, thanks. <laughs> Episode 16, is your bag airtight or do you just think it is? Mm. That one's self-explanatory. Next one, how do I make my pipes air efficient? Related. Definitely related. Yeah, for sure. Episode 18, are you taping your chanter wrong? Ah, uh, yeah. What did we come up with as your preference? You put tape on every hole, right, Andrew? Above every single hole, so it's just ready to go? Yeah, uh, that's that's what I would do. And uh, yeah, most of the time, yeah. Yep. Freaking freezing screen. Jim has frozen. But that's okay. He's frozen in a very serious looking position. The you day back, would not be, yes. Yeah, you can't have it. Would, no. Yeah. It's great. It's fine. No, I mean, frankly, we should leave that freeze in because this is as a retrospective, because at least 20% of our recording time yeah. uh, has been your internet freezing. Yeah. Mine Except sometimes freezes. The, oh, mostly mine for sure. But the one thing that, that seems to fix it is having Ed Best on the show. Yeah, Ed for, Best for whatever came reason. on. That's right. Ed Best came on and I think his charm just kept the internet smooth kept it smooth yeah anyway jim episode 19 does marching help you play in time now how do you feel about that have you had any has that been percolating in your head at all andrew do you feel like you march different after having thought about it more carefully nope i march pretty much the same yep not a whole lot's changed oh i do remember going back though to episode 16 and 17 I remember there were comments on the internet, just miscellaneous women that were not pipers, I don't think. They just happened to stumble across it on TikTok or something. Miscellaneous women were vocally cringing about my wardrobe. So no. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're just wearing, episode. isn't that just a black watch tartan yeah. button-up shirt? Yep. And they were like, ew, gross. <laughs> but really what were they saying about my wardrobe? They were saying, where do I get one of them t-shirts? That's what exactly. they were saying, right? Yeah, who's yeah. the guy with the buzz cut? <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> all right, next one. How do I find and charge for gigs? Mm, that That's one, when I broke down uh, my, my gig fee pricing structure. We, yeah. we received a little bit of scrutiny in the comments. Fair enough. It's going to happen. But I like that one still myself just because I like the topic. You know, I just... I feel like it's a, a valuable and interesting thing to be constantly in communication with the other pipers around you to kind of see what's going on. You know, am I pricing myself out? Am I, what am I doing here? Yep, exactly. And then in the next video, I, w I went into a long phase of just wearing my gym clothes to recording sessions. This is <laughs> clearly, this is clearly when I stopped caring. Episode Where were 21. those ladies on TikTok after? Uh, yeah, well, they were fine episode. with this, apparently. <laughs> just no one said anything. 
Are you free to play what you want? Dojo Conversations, episode 21. I can guess what this was about, but honestly, I don't remember this one, Andrew. What do you remember about this one? I, I don't really remember it, but I'm assuming we were talking, we were beginning the, the journey mm-hmm. and discussing things from the book. Yeah, talking about bagpipe freedom. One of the lowest view count of any of the episodes, the Dojo origin story. Apparently nobody cares. Apparently <laughs> no one wants to know how it was born. I think they probably just want to know how, how it'll die. So there it is, Dojo origin story. And then the next one, my least favorite episode, is Peabrock Just for Nerds with special guest Dan Nevins. And it's not your least favorite because Dan Nevins was on. I can own this one. The whole lead up to having Dan Nevins on the show, I was in communication with him back and forth many times, and I was careful to copy a dojo email address. Turns out, though, it wasn't yours. So maybe somebody at the dojo was aware that this this interview was up and coming and that we were getting ready for it. And I'd purchased a copy of Dan's book just in time to listen to the audio book and have the physical copy and everything, just getting everything all set up making sure everybody was aware. And then like morning of, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it's like, hey, Andrew, you hopping on? And you're like, oh yeah, were we going to record today? And I was like, yeah, Dan's here. And you're like, I'm still at my house. <laughs> yeah, I was like still in bed, yeah. And you could, by the way, you get the thumbnail reveals all. It reveals my mood and everything. So <laughs> Dan Nevins, that was cool. It was great to have him on because then I got an hour break from having to use my voice. Dan and, nice I are kin- Dan and I are kindred spirits, but it makes podcasting together difficult because he just, he loves to talk about stuff. Yeah. Well, if you're in the mood to smile and nod, it's perfect. And I did have a lot of fun choosing where to stick you because you did get in front of a green screen sheet for me. So I tried a few different places and settled yeah, where... on this uh, like science bunker thing. Oh, yeah, the science bunker. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Dan, we love you. You know, we love you. Episode 24, are you making music or just mimicking? Man, it's so weird that this one actually is not triggering anything in my brain. What were we? I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, You know, you get this thing happening systematically. Let's pretend what we would have talked about. I think what we're talking about is whether or not you're just sort of like uh, replicating and trying to copy what you're seeing, or if you're actually in the driver's seat, self-expressing. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Feels like it's on, it, I think I see you holding a copy of Finding Bagpipe Freedom in the thumbnail, actually. So mm-hmm. that would make sense. It's more of that to find freedom. This is, the goal is being able to freely express yourself via the bagpipes. Episode 25, how to get great bagpipe technique on autopilot. I like this one. This is There were some topics that came up in this one that I think about in other aspects of my life since then, you know, the kind of like the the hierarchy. And is this the one where we talked about or at least led into the, is it unconscious competence? Is that the, that's the goal, right? Is that the goal. Unconscious competence. Yep, exactly. I use this as I navigate all sorts of aspects of my life, especially the things that I suck at. So, you know, when I was kind of like a young person when I learned to play the pipes and it certainly seems like. I had an aptitude for it from the beginning and everything was laid out so great in front of me and and I had tons of support from my parents. And so, you know, being good at bagpipes hasn't, has always been a natural thing, but then other things in life, uh, here are some things that come to mind, operating a business, um, parenting, uh, undertaking CrossFit, et cetera. Like these are things that did not instantly come naturally to me. 
Uh, and so like y- you, you can clearly see all the stages in those things, right? So, you know, unconscious incompetence. Hey, Jim, I'm just going to start selling bagpipe supplies. Yeah. That, that should be easy. All yeah. you got to do is get the supplies in and then resell them to people. Well, as it turns out, you know, is once you decide to do that, you get smacked in the face immediately by, you know, reality. And then now you are consciously incompetent. Oh crap. What did I get myself into? And then you have to work really hard to get, to start to get any sort of positive result. But then eventually with enough focus, you can become consciously competent with something, meaning mm-hmm. that you're focusing really hard to generate that competence on, on the thing that you're doing. But then you're eventually, it, but you have to work yeah, pretty hard to do it. it. Exactly. And then it eventually becomes sort of second nature, something that you do automatically. Mm-hmm. Watching your children learn to walk is such a great example. They don't think about mm-hmm. it anymore, but I remember a time where they could do it, but it took every ounce of their focus to do it. And, yeah. and we need to transcend that. It needs to become, you know, something that we do normally, but I digress. Good episode. I agree. I feel like we were in, this was the golden era of the podcast, Jim. Yes, this is where we peaked. <laughs> uh, here you are in a shirt with, what's that Simpsons character's name? That Do you want to get sued? It's not Ralph Wiggum, I'll tell you that much. Oh, it's if not it Ralph happens Wiggum, to look yeah. kind of like Ralph Wiggum, that's a coincidence. Yes, exactly. And that's how to get a grade one band attitude. You know, where I, I give you yeah. a little look behind the curtain of grade, grade one bands. And uh, yeah. But that was actually a really productive discussion. I feel like we had a lot of good interaction on the internet for that one. And the basic idea there is you can bring a grade one attitude, even if you're from a lower grade band and, mm. and see great results. Yeah. yeah. And then here's one that had more views than usual. How to be a world-class bagpiper in 100 words, which ironically is the longest episode to date. <laughs> with the exception of the that Dan Nevins. That is funny, huh? With, with the exception yeah. of the Dan Nevins episode, that just goes without saying. But yeah, that's, that is funny to, to, like, to, to make it succinct, succinct. I would say succinct because there's two C's there. But yes, there just are recently two it was brought to my attention that mo- most people probably pronounce it succinct. In either case, the attempt to reduce it down to 100 words, but then to, you know, we still go an hour. Yeah. And I, I, how, how much of this, the engagement on this video, though, is thanks to Camille? And the decision to use words like world-class bagpiper, how to, mm. you know, th- things like that. A little SEO mm, skill. Be, Man, yeah. maybe that's all it is. All right. The next one, a simple equation for joyful bagpiping. Do you remember anything about that? I do. It's I like from chapter two of the of book. It. Yeah. Sounds it's great. From, it's from chapter two of the book. Next one, how to fail like a champion. I'm all about that. How do champions fail? They don't. I don't know. That was the conclusion of the episode, I think. Just (laughs) don't do it. Never. Uh, What what do Bob Ross and bagpiping have in common? I I, I like anything that has to do with Bob Ross. I do remember that that's definitely pulled from Finding Bagpipe Freedom. And we have, you know, in fact, I think we connected a little bit emotionally there, Andrew Douglas. We, up until that point, had been like work colleagues. And that was the day when we became best of friends when we realized that we had this shared aspect to our upbringing of having been sent away when we were bothering our parents. And the only thing that was on TV was Bob Ross. And Bob Ross made us feel like we were okay. Everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to be okay. And, you know, anyone can paint. Anyone can paint. We don't make mistakes. Just happy little accidents. But then if you fast forward to me in eighth grade, I remember 
my art teacher, Mr. Paolini, almost literally laughing at how bad my painting was. Oh, no. You can't do that. You can't become no, an art, a, an eighth grade he art did. teacher and have that no. a possible reaction. And Mr. Paolini was a great artist, but he was a little harsh on the, on the delivers, <laughs> on the delivery so, sometimes. Anyway. So maybe this was part of the, you can be good at a thing, but that doesn't necessarily qualify you to teach the thing kind of situation. Well, maybe he could teach others, just not me. Anyway, <laughs> how fast should you play a Strath Bay, Jim? That was the, co that was the conversation we had episode 30, approximately five months ago. I still don't know. <laughs> me either. I can't really remember that one. I suppose that we did have we a conversation about this. We should both go back and watch it again. Huh? It would be nice to know how fast you should play one. So if you want to, definitely go check that out. <clears throat> Calm before the winter storm. We just, we made an episode just, I mean, a pure sales pitch, it would appear. But brilliant marketing, so mm -hmm. worth an episode because yep. calm it had a whopping two hundred and eighty-four views. Yeah, yeah. Is that? Uh, let's see here. Hang on a sec. The dojo origin story. It still got more views than the dojo origin story episode did. Yes, but only barely. All right, moving on. I think after that we learned our lesson, Jim. Oops, I just kicked. I just almost knocked over my whole office. Which, we learned which, our lesson, lesson after that, that Jim. Uh, which, which lesson was that? Just not to make this show too much about the capitalism. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so we followed up with our next episode, your ultimate bagpipe shopping list. Crap. Still about, still cap, still capitalism, isn't it? Yeah. If, if I remember <sighs> right, this was also the first episode in which I had to deal with an F-bomb right out the gate from Andrew Douglas. Not the last, but the first. What really? I don't remember that at all. I Let's mean, I do go remember mother having the... bleeping shopping, y'all. Was the intro for that episode? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, let's hope I don't can say that again. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so that was did. the no. <laughs> I did that for you, Jim. Okay. So, by the way, you better bleep that because otherwise I'm going to be in trouble. Although it's deep yeah. enough in the episode now, I mean, our 100 viewers are probably down to about 25. Yeah, it's so just going to uh, be those those two ladies making fun of your shirt at this point. So yeah. <laughs> well, the Ultimate Bagpipe Shopping List was a cool episode, and by the way, slightly ironic title, because of course, my I'm an advocate for not having too many gadgets, you know, so. Yeah, you're a plain vanilla kind of guy, for sure, yeah, for that. Naturally, with the next one we went to, how to plan the perfect practice session. Mm. There's a and lot that of one I'm, I'm all for alliteration. Yeah, I love it. Borderline illiterate. Yeah. But I think that one was in response to some listener input or, you know, mailbag, right? Somebody had written in and said, I'm a beginner. What should my practice session look like? And I enjoy that. I think if anybody is still listening, if anybody wants to write in, I love being able to talk about something somebody else has brought up. Maybe that's just me because I feel the pressure every week of coming up with things to talk about, you know, and it's a relief to have somebody else do it, but feel free to write in anytime. Well, you know, if you're working with me or with Dan Nevins, we'll always have something to talk about, Jim. Episode 34. By the way, can you believe we did all these? No, it's it's uh, it's surprising to me often uh, how long we've been doing this. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not the big rab show or anything like that is when I say how long we've been doing this, right? It's not 300 episodes, but still, it doesn't feel like it's been this long. That's part of getting old, I guess. I suppose, yeah. Why don't my bagpipes ever stay in tune? Episode 34. If your bagpipes never stay in tune, that's the episode for you. Mm. And that's uh, one... Uh, if I remember right, this is there's a lot pulled from not just finding bagpipe freedom, but some of it. Oh, I guess it would be part of the the 
freedom courses at the dojo i think is is this the tuning time continuum is that what it's called in there yes i think it is i'm not sure mm. if this came out before the course came out or not or as mm. part of it but uh, yes it is and we talk a little bit about it i can see the uh, graphic there on the thumbnail the next one one of our highest view counts band versus solo channels what's the difference this gives me hope that it's not just about the algorithm and people watch things that they're interested in. My favorite thing about this episode is that your mom got in the comments. Because when the conclusion was, there's not really a difference other than like what you tell yourself the chanter is for, <laughs> she hopped yeah. in there. I expect remuneration for the chanters that I purchased <laughs> during Andrew's childhood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I still have that chanter. I still mm. have the I still have the one I think she's thinking about, which was the nail mm. chanter, which was a very special gift. So thanks, mom. All right. Next up, a surprising salival secrets. Salival secrets. We spent a long time workshopping the title for that episode with Camille in the Slack chat. <laughs> like way longer than any other episode. Usually it's not even a question, but there was a decent amount of back and forth about what to call that one. Well, I'm glad we did because, wow, it generated a whopping 629 views. So far. You so never far. know where this might yeah. go. So the next episode is very interesting for two very important reasons. Reason mm. number one, I busted out my Karate Kid headband for the first time in many years. And number two, Jim, full mustache. There's something especially handsome about that thumbnail, isn't there? I'm a big... I feel like you... I feel like you came straight out of Top Gun class for the day and recorded this episode. Yeah, man. How do you fix a progress plateau? I can't help, but I think I was listening to that episode in Kelvin Grove Park in Glasgow when it came out. So that was must have been just right around the world. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to make a really inappropriate joke, but I'm not going to. I'm really not. Oh, my <laughs> God. I would have gotten in so much trouble. Okay. Next episode. Do you know where the beat goes? Dojo Conversations, episode 38. I, I enjoyed this one a lot because it's something that I had, you know, I've talked about for years with a lot of friendly pipers and drummers, you know, in bands and stuff, you know, like within a doubling, does the deep, does the beat fall on that first grace note or in the middle grace note or on the note after the doubling, you know, and same goes for all the other embellishments. And so digging into the probable evolution of, embellishments and how that might inform where that beat falls and stuff like that is something i do enjoy i think it's a lot of fun yeah do we need to redact discussion about the next episode ah uh, maybe it wasn't wasn't a pleasant experience for everybody that's for sure the next episode we'll not discuss because of the incident ever since the incident <laughs> there was an incident and if you're a fan if you're still listening and you want to know what we're talking about i'll refer you to episode 39 episode 40 should you throw away your digital tuner we are both wearing hats in this episode so you know we're serious that's got to mean something right yeah and this would inevitably be like this is inevitably going to be coming up on the tuning course release that we did and we were just talking about some of these hot button issues yeah. Because the next episode is, are your pipes in tune? Who cares? Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to pretend like my insistence upon ignorance in the first half of this episode, where you kept trying to like lead me into saying the right thing. 
<laughs> I'm still gonna I'm gonna insist that was on purpose. It was a bit oh, for the totally. show. <laughs> totally. It's not that it was six AM and I'd only slept for two hours and I <laughs> Nope. I, I was doing it for the show. Yeah. I you knew were, what I was you, doing. You were doing it, yep. Forty two forty two bagpipe tuning is an algorithm. Uh, Love that one. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It Just is, because I like I, is. This, this is what I like about dojo stuff. Andrew is precise. This is like epitome dojo stuff to me, at least. Right, personally, is like what can what is magical and mysterious to me, and then it gets turned into a clear formula that if I just follow these steps, things get better. Yes, you know, oh. I'm always brought back to the phrase: "It's easier said than done." which is something I heard a lot as a child and stuff. It's, oh, you know, careful. It's easier said than done. And then what always struck me about bagpiping is it's not even easily said most of the mm. time. It's always it's like super esoteric out there, often extremely subjective. And so let's get to the point where bagpiping is easier said than done. Like that would be great. That would be a leap forward. Uh, I mm. think the dojo does a good job with that. It's, okay, what is bagpipe maintenance? Well, let's like define it and break it down and uh, create a process where, yeah, it's a little tricky to do, but at least we have, but at least we're, at least it's easy to say, mm. you know, like let's lay it out. But I digress. Uh, do real pipers use a metronome? Dojo Conversations, episode 43. I still, I still struggle to convince my children to use metronomes when they're learning piano right now, so... I think this topic will remain relevant for a long time based on my personal experience. Skipping ahead, there was a lot of interviews that came up on the YouTube channel from the tuning course, but I'm how do so, you fall in I'm, love? I'm so jealous, Andrew. You talk to so many cool people. Yeah, well, we'll do it. We'll get it, we'll get it going together here on the podcast. I mean, we had Jack on. Yeah. I thought right. you handled your starstruck, you know, your starstruckness very well in that episode. Jim. I was Good so job. giddy. I called Mike Swan the day before and was just like, dude, I'm going to talk to Jack Lee. Can you believe it? But also, it's no mystery to anybody that I have the ultimate piping crush on Matt McIsaac. And here you are talking directly to Matt McIsaac. I've been emailing with Matt McIsaac for over a year about getting him onto the Droning On podcast. And he's very nice. He's very open to it, but also very busy. The process and with Matt, Matt is in high demand. Yeah, Matt's in high demand. So... I know him pretty well from crossing paths and having conversations, but when it comes to like electronic communications with Matt, it's, I think exactly how it went in this case was I emailed him in like April, like, Hey, will you do an interview? And then I heard nothing back until like after the world's in August. And he's, Oh, Hey, I'm just seeing this. Do you still want to do this? Yeah. And then somehow mm -hmm. magically it happened. So yeah, Matt's a hard guy to get, but uh, yeah, super grateful. It was awesome. Well, so far, my strategy to, yeah, has been everybody just to was like, great there. I've, I've just been like dropping potentially awkward hints about how enamored I am of him and his playing all over the internet and figuring like this will probably yes. convince him to talk to me at some point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My new crush is on Lincoln Hilton. So before this interview, I, I was you mostly just else? insanely. Yeah, but, but no, beforehand, I was like, Bleh, Lincoln Hilton. Not really. This is a joke, by the way. Yeah, I, I've always thought Lincoln was awesome, but. Beforehand, it was like, but Lincoln Hilton, what the? And then I got to talk to him and it's like, oh, he's the real deal. So knowledgeable. It was awesome. That's the thing about Lincoln Hilton, right? He's, it's like, if, if you don't go, if you just keep it very surface level, then there's something about my own ego that would be like, oh, he's so handsome and so cool and plays so fast. He, there must not be depth there. There's like this way that I like excuse myself, you know, internally. Exactly. Be like, 
he must not be a deep thinker. He must not know the theory very well, stuff like that, right? It's like then Hugh it Jackman. Out... He's like the Hugh Jackman of piping. <laughs> totally. He's the Hugh Jackman of bagpiping. Absolutely. Yeah, he is. He really so is. So easy to be like, oh, he's it just turns a pretty out... face, right? Yeah, nope, he like... turns out he's actually like amazing deep down within too. Yeah, well, like Hugh Jackman, right? So he's like so jacked and he's in, he, he's like the Wolverine. And, you know, I was perfectly happy hating him. And then I heard him on a podcast like, you know, every night my wife and I read fiction to each other. And you're like, oh, God, he's just a uh, total outlier. There it is. Well, there you go. There you go, Lincoln, if you're listening. Uh, that's how it went. Oh, look, we're in the, the last. The best human. We're working toward we're in the last two rows of episodes. How do you fall in love with tuning? Episode 44. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And we were talking yeah, about reals, Karl though. Popper a little bit in that episode. Yeah, okay. And then the problem, right? One of my favorite episodes ever, How to Triage Your Performance Killers, Dojo Conversations, mm. episode 45. Jim's like, I have no recollection of that. But for yeah. me, I do. And it's a wonderful episode. No, I have this one. It just, this is the time of year for me to really be thinking about that because it seems like all of my most terrible, messed up performances that I ruminate on all happen in the winter time, probably partly because of, you know, cold outside, warm inside, that kind of stuff. Right. But Christmas performances and stuff like that where they were clapping along and I messed up, but then I didn't stick with their claps. And so I started doing something else. Right. Or mm -hmm. I had my tuning all set. I thought it was perfect. Then I sat still in the auditorium for an hour waiting for my time to play and stepped on stage and sounded horrible, you know, things like that. Exactly. So that was episode 45. And then why does it now go to conversations? Episode 43, something with the uploads that happened there. Cause then we get, I think it's 43 previous to that. So this is actually 46. It meant 46. It's a typo. Uh, Why do bagpipe mm. tunes go viral? Which was a very popular episode on the internet, surprisingly. I had fun talking about that one just because it's yeah. like there was a lot of reminiscing about what the cool tunes are and what they were when I was coming up and stuff like that. That's fun. Conversations number 47, I believe. If you've got crossing noises, the problem is not what you think. That's More another rhythmic accuracy, right? another rhythmic accuracy discussion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then the next one, I'm reminded of a comment that we received on this episode. It's called, Does Multitasking Work for Bagpipers? Episode 48. And I can't, I can't help but remember a very long-winded comment insisting that multitasking does work for bagpipers. So there you go. You can check that out. Are your bagpipes playing you? Dojo Conversa Conversations, episode 49. Whew. Deep. Deep. I mean, it's a great title. It's, it says it all, again, succinctly. It puts it all together, right? What was it about again? A lot to do with posture. Oh, yeah, right? posture, like, yeah. Yeah, you play your bagpipes. Don't let your bagpipes dictate how you stand and where you turn your hand and stuff like that. Yep, yep, loving it. Finding Drumming Freedom with Ed Best, episode 50. He's kind of like our guest for episode 50. Well done. Thank you, Ed. That was great. Thumbnail on point. I call then, it uh, the best episode. I see what you, yeah, good one. I see what okay. you did there. And then episode 51, four questions you should be asking every time you play your bagpipes. Amazing. That was the one uh, I have, I did, I have, my voice is back now. We, yeah. we, we lost the, we lost the great uh, Bane impression at the beginning of that episode because I then uh went off of a went off a uh, then you went a, real uh, dark i think you're a, you must a have really been tripping on end. the antibiotics yeah 
I hate when that happens. Or I remember tripping a little bit. One time I had really bad bronchitis and I was on some sort of steroid. And I remember those being real funky. Yeah. Like you have weird dreams when you're on the roids. I, I, I react poorly to some medications. Like I can't take like ibuprofen and stuff like that. I have a, an anaphylactic reaction that, that could be Ooh. quite dangerous. And so when it comes to painkillers, there's not much like over the counter that I can take. And I had this massive jaw reconstruction surgery a couple years ago. Of course and you so, did. I feel like you've had all the surgeries. Okay. I, I just, I'm trying, I've got the punch card, you know, like two more and I get like a hip for free or something like that. But they did put me for just a couple nights. I took this, this narcotic, it was oxy something. And because I couldn't take the like more normal stuff. And as I'm reclined in a recliner, trying to sleep, you know, with my jaw wired shut and everything swelling up terribly and stuff. I had all these guitar hooks in around on the walls, hanging like my banjos and mandolins and guitars and everything hanging all around there. And they were all like angry at me and telling me that I was a jerk for not playing them for so long and asking me to pick them up and play them. It was a rough, really rough night. And I, I, I didn't take the medication anymore after that. Cause really it's like, I was getting those hallucinations and still was in pain. So I was like, what's the point? What's the point to be in yeah. mental anguish as well as physical? About a week ago, I was on like some pretty heavy painkillers and I had a hallucination that we had chat GPT write us some bagpiping Christmas literature. <laughs> that, now that's weird. And that we were wearing Glengarry's while we recorded. I feel relieved that's not real. Whew. Yes, like, exactly. Can you imagine? So after the four questions you should ask every time you play, Jim, it's kind of a mystery to me what came next because they're not released at the time of recording this. However, it's probably something along the lines of the Jack Lee episode followed yeah. by the how to simplify tune. No, I just gave away what next week's episode is going to be. Ah, yeah. Careful there. Time warp. Because the, then, hey, we, Jack, then we had the Christmas say, hallucination episode. That, yeah, that's, that didn't happen. Nope. And then now here we are. My favorite takeaway from talking with Jack Lee was that he's cool with playing Star Wars on bagpipes. Absolutely he is, yeah. Probably I can see him in the warm-up room at the Glenfiddich just going for it. Just maybe. And some and the thing is, again, there's something about my shriveled little ego trying to protect itself or something, right? If I'd been walking down the hall and heard that, I'd have thought, ah, there's some amateur playing. Freaking Star Wars over there. And then take a peek in the room. It's Jack Lee. There it is. Amazing. Well, Jim, it's been a hell of a year. Best year of my life. I'll say it again. Absolutely. Yep. Is that it? Is it anything else we got to do? I mean, Happy New Year, 2024. What will it bring? Are, will it bring 52 more episodes of Dojo Conversations? Will we be, or, will we have passed the 100th episode at this time next year? I think maybe. The only possible alternative is you're shutting down the Dojo tonight and this is it. That was, had a good run. Well, the other alternative is that I, I bring this back to a one-man conversation. Enough you know? of this conversation. Yeah. Back to the monologue. <laughs> Dojo self-conversations. Uh, yeah, so there it is. I mean, maybe we'll do some more interesting stuff. I mean, it's going to be tough to top the Christmas hallucination. And then the monotonous 
borderline pointless conversation of the year in review that we just had scanning the YouTube <laughs> channel. But this is what you do on New Year's. This is what you do. You look back. You maybe look that's back. what we should, maybe we should have done this yesterday, but you look back at the year. Now we're looking forward to 2024. It's going to be pretty cool. We're going to be in a winter storm in a couple of weeks. And uh, which reminds me, we probably should record a couple more episodes before that because I will not be able to record the week. Uh, so I'll put a stack of t-shirts by the door so I'll be ready to maintain the exactly. illusion. I, hey, but will also, bring, um, I will bring some hats. Yeah, there you go. 2024, the other thing that's up, that's coming up is that, that Alaskan cruise. Yep, As Alaskan of January cruise. 1st, do you anticipate there will still be availability for people to sign up or do you think the doors will be closing soon? I don't know. So we're kind of mm. close. We're kind of close to the kind of close to the limit, but we got the time we're recording this. So who knows what's going to happen? I would say definitely act fast if you're interested. It'll be Take cool a though. Quick peek. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. What was it? It was what were you calling the cruise again? We just talked about cruise it like journey three north. days ago. The cruise journey north. That's it. Yes. Yeah. So googling around for that, you'll be able to find if that's available still. And Jack played us the tune on mm. the episode. It was pretty cool. Well, there it is, everybody. Happy New Year. I think I can speak on behalf of Jim when I say, Jim and I wish you a happy 2024. Oh, you know the other thing that's going to happen in 2024 that's going to be cool is Inverary is going to win the Worlds again, so that'll be good. You hear it? You heard it here first, folks. Yep. Hey, everybody. Andrew Douglas here from the Piper's Dojo, and I just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast if you enjoyed what you heard here today, it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.